Welcome to the Right Division Network Podcast, a production of Grace Family Bible Church in Buffalo, New York. I'm your host, Pastor Scott Morton. And we'd like to thank you once again for joining us as we study God's Word Rightly Divided. We're going to be continuing today in our studies here in the book of 1 Thessalonians. We are here in chapter number 4. We've been looking at verse number 16, which says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. So as we've been looking here at some of the details of the catching out of the saints, the timing that the Apostle Paul is describing here in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4, we see how here at this point, after he's clearly identified that this is the Lord Jesus Christ that is appearing here, that there is an issue of the Apostle Paul describing how there's going to be three things that the Lord Jesus Christ is coming with. And we see that there's a shout, the voice of the archangel, and the trump of God. So these are things that those who are part of this event... And that's going to be every member of the body of Christ. And someone becomes a member of the body of Christ by putting their trust in the gospel message for today. That gospel message is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the first four verses. The fact that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. And when someone puts their trust in that and that alone, they are saved. They're a member of the body of Christ. They become sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise that we see over in Ephesians chapter number one. The guarantee that an individual has their salvation and will be part of this event. So what we're going to start looking at here is what these three things are that Paul is identifying the Lord Jesus Christ coming with, the the shout, the voice of the archangel, and the trump of God, and how we'll see as we start looking at these things that there's a particular purpose that is associated with with each one of them. So this is not just a thing of where the Lord Jesus Christ happens to be coming back with certain things and, you know, it doesn't matter if we understand it or not because there's really nothing to them. There is a very particular purpose that is associated with them. And Paul starts with the issue of the shout, the audible speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we see how the scriptures, you know, identified that the Lord Jesus Christ did speak 
from heaven after his ascension. The only one who's actually witnessed that was the Apostle Paul. Let's go over to Acts chapter number 9, where we're going to see the description of this. And this is Paul on the road to Damascus, and this is where he is saved here. We're going to start right at verse number 1 of Acts chapter number 9. It says, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest, and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. So, we see here in this description of what's going on, that the Apostle Paul was going, carrying out this persecution that he had started, that you see Acts chapter 7 has him kind of being that leader of the individuals who stoned Stephen and says that he was consenting unto his death. They all gave him their clothes as they were carrying that out. Then Acts chapter 8 shows the issue of him starting to persecute others, causing individuals except for the apostles to flee from Jerusalem. And now in the beginning part of Acts chapter number 9, we see how he's continuing this by looking to go unto Damascus to round up the individuals and bring them back as a result of saying that they were blasphemers because he was rejecting who the Lord Jesus Christ was. Now, the one thing we can see here from Acts chapter number 9, speaking of the event that's going on, is that when Paul hears this voice coming unto him, it's very clear of the fact that he knows (coughs) that this can only be God speaking to him because the question is right after he hears saying Saul Saul why persecutest thou me so this is the voice and the words that he's hearing coming unto him from heaven that the question is who art thou Lord so he's I knows that this has to be God 
he wants a name to be associated with it and probably because of his rejection of the Lord Jesus Christ that he was probably thinking in his mind don't say Jesus when after he said who art thou Lord then he hears the confirmation that I am Jesus whom thou persecutest which leaves him being trembling and astonished because okay there's a fear that would have been a sort of thing of that okay if he is God and I've been going against God then I would have you know something bad is going to happen to me and he immediately just says you know essentially what will thou have me to do so he's recognizing the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ speaking to him from the heavenly places identifies that this is God and showing the power that is associated with the speaking that is going on. Now, we can see another piece of this, the issue of this power. If we go over to John chapter number 11. And in the Gospel of John, in chapter 11, this is the, you know, the death and the, the bringing back to life of Lazarus. And we're not going to read all of the details that are associated with this. Because we really want to focus on verses 43 and 44 here of John chapter number 11 where it says, And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face is bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, Loose him, and let him go. Now, this is after when you go through the chapter, you see how multiple days would have transpired with this. You know, in fact, you know, when you go up to verse number 40, 39, you see how many days it has been. When it says that Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. So it had been very clear that, okay, he wasn't just sleeping and taking a nap in this cave. With it, there had been, you know, this was his grave. He had been there four days with the stone rolled in front of it that would have prevented him from, you know, if he had been trapped in there, you know, alive, he would have, you know, not been able to get out because the stone would have prevented that. So the clear issue is that he is dead with this and you see the power associated 
with what the Lord Jesus Christ is saying here when he says, Lazarus, come forth, as he's crying with that loud voice. And when you see the saying, cried with a loud voice, that would be the thing of a shout that's happening. And how he has, he's specifically saying here, Lazarus, come forth. Now, he has to say it in that limiting thing of Lazarus, because if he just kind of made this big proclamation of, you know, come forth with the, the power and authority that his voice would command, that he would have brought forth not just Lazarus, but a number of other individuals would have experienced a resurrection or not really a raising from the dead because the issue is that Lazarus still died. Again, he's just brought back to life to die at a later point in time. A resurrection would be the issue of somebody being given that thing of their eternal gift and destiny is associated with a resurrection. But you see how the speaking is associated with the power. And that's when, when God says something and makes that decree, it's going to happen because God said and he has that power. That's why you go back to Genesis chapter number one and you see how God, it says, and God said, let there be light and there was light. So you see the thing of that power that's actually going to be associated with that. Now, the immediate thing that people want to have that answer to is well if he's coming with a shout you know is there something specific that he's saying is he just coming and screaming like you have people do at a sporting event where they're just shouting and making all sorts of noise to try to distract the other team or is it a clear indication of these words. Now, the scriptures do not record what it is that's going to be said. You know, and there's probably a couple different reasons that are associated with that. You know, you can go back, for example, we're here in John, just turn back a couple chapters to chapter number eight. And you see this issue here we'll, We'll start here, verse 1 says, Jesus went into the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery, and when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what sayest thou? 
This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground, as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Now, this is another account of where we have, think of where now he's writing in the ground, and we don't have a recording of what it is that he actually wrote there on the ground. Now, individuals will come up with all sorts of different ideas of what they think this would be. And unfortunately, what happens is as they come up with those ideas, instead of just saying, okay, I think it might be this, and because the scriptures aren't clear, I'm going to let it go, that sometimes people start teaching with, and I'm putting quotes, authority, but it's their own authority because it's really a guess of what they've come up with to say that this is what's being said. And when we're guessing at things and the word isn't clear, that's just us making assumptions and we cannot teach our assumptions as having that authority of the word of God. You know, we have, can only teach things of the authority of the word of God, of what it is that the word very clearly actually says. Now, individuals sometimes say, well, he was writing all their sins. He was writing the law unto them to condemn them. Maybe he was. Maybe he wasn't. He was doing something and those who were there witnessed what was being written. Let's go turn over to Second Corinthians chapter number 12. And now we're going to have Paul making a statement about these things here of something that was being said here. Verse 1 of Second Corinthians 12. It is not expedient for me, doubtless the glory... I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ about 14 years ago. Whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth, such an one caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth, how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which it is not lawful for a man to utter, of such an one will I glory, 
Yet of myself I will not glory, but in mine infirmity. So here we have a description of things now being this time describing things of the third heaven and saying that they were heard but it's they're called unspeakable words which is which it is not lawful for a man to utter so he heard them knew what they were but they're unspeakable it's not lawful to be uttered because he cannot tell us what these words actually were and again you have individuals who take this and start saying well this is what was heard the passage does not say it just says that heard unspeakable words anything that we want to put there to say what those unspeakable words are is just a guess coming from us and would not line up with what the Word of God actually says. We can only teach the things of what God's Word clearly would say. And when we look at this idea of the catching out of the saints, the the event that's going to bring us to our hope, and looking at this issue of the shouts that's being said Paul does not record those words and he doesn't record what's going to be said because what do you think that individuals would do if they knew what those words were actually going to be they were part of that shout. Man would c- try to come up with a way to fake that in some manner to try to show that God was working with them. You know, that's why you have all these things of individuals assigning dates to the catching out of the saints, trying to demonstrate that they have some sort of authority or some sort of message that from God that's telling them that this is what it is and then people just start blindly following these things. Man would come up with a way to try to worship and looking for that rather than what it is that we are supposed to be doing is that we're supposed to be living our life according to the doctrine waiting for this event. We're to be carrying out the things of what God's will is that all men would be saved and come unto the knowledge of the truth 
So we should be going out and not just looking for you know this event or waiting for these words that we don't even know what exactly what they are. We're to be going out and sharing the gospel with individuals. We're to be helping them grow in the doctrine that's given to us for today in the books of Romans through Philemon. So that way individuals could be living the life that God intends for them to have. Now, next week we're going to start looking at the idea of the voice of the archangel that's being made a reference to and what it is that Paul is making a reference to as that second thing of what the Lord Jesus Christ is going to be coming with. Now, as we close here, I'd like to remind everyone of our website, which is www.gracefamilybiblechurch.org. And on our website, we have a number of study articles. We have some charts to help you in your study of God's Word. We have information on how to join our services live as they're being broadcast on Facebook. If you happen to be in the Buffalo area on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m., you can join us for our Sunday service at 83 Anderson Road in Chittawaga, New York. We would love to have you there. And As always, if you have any questions or comments about anything in our broadcast, anything on our website, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. And until next time, keep fighting that good fight of faith, preaching this message to this lost and dying world.